The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your Wellness Couch favourites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital Wellness Couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey there, lovely listeners of Mums the Word. This is Kaz Jaff again, and we're bringing to you a very important topic this week. We're discussing post-traumatic stress disorder and how it relates to childbirth. Our guest, Susanna, has her own experience and has made it now her mission to help others. And uh, she's very passionate about the work that she does, which, as you hear, shines through on the episode. When she was pregnant, Susanna, her past experience of child abuse, put her on a different road of care from her team of midwives. Her birth gave her a new mission in life, and she is now working with women all around the world to help them get their own positive birth experience. Having lived with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which was diagnosed at the age of 17, she knows firsthand how challenging this can be. Susanna has an online hypnobirthing course and to help women heal after a challenging birth experience, she's also developed a workshop called Healing After Birth. Once again, as I said, a very important topic. I invite you to listen in and share with others that may as well, um, may also be helped by this episode. Bye. Susanna, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Could you please tell the listeners all about yourself? I sure can. Well, like they probably already saw in your email you sent out, I'm a, I'm a hypnobirthing therapist and I stay in Scotland, Aberdeen. Um, I've moved actually from the Netherlands, so hence the uh, funny accent uh, because I'm Dutch. Uh, and I specialize in uh, birth trauma and PTSD. Yeah, so I'd really love to hear about the work um, and what got you into it because that's pretty specialized. Um, and uh, yeah, the listeners are all here waiting to hear your experience. So share away. Yeah, it's actually quite a, quite a story. When I finished uh, high school, I went on to university and actually did a course called Geoarchaeology, which is a, a fancy word for uh, specializing in all the yeah, earth science related matter on cultures. 
So like DNA research, isotopes, isotopes, uh, etc. After my bachelor, I decided to do a master and I actually uh, specialized in um, genocide and Holocaust, which was more an emphasis on how people behave during extreme circumstances, mm. which I also graduated with. Well, after I moved to uh, Scotland and I got pregnant from uh, our little girl, Hannah, um, I noticed a lot of difference in healthcare, just you know, versus Netherlands versus Scotland. And Absolutely. I noticed... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and for me, you know, being yeah, the researcher, scientist, uh, and a woman like I am, I just noticed, like, you know, why is it so different? Because the Netherlands and UK, you know, they're not such different countries that, you know, healthcare should be different. And if it's really evidence-based... Then why is there such a difference? And well, my midwife couldn't really answer my questions. So well, that got me back into research mode. And well, long story short, I did a hypnobirthing course myself back then. And it really helped me to prepare for my own birth, which well, I gave birth to Hannah in 2014. Okay. okay. And because of that, I te- now teach uh, hypnobirthing. In English. In English, well, and Dutch sometimes too. It's mostly uh, English, actually. Amazing, amazing. So, um, well, how did your university background in the human studies then get you to doing the work that you're doing now? Well, for me, it's it's very handy to have all that knowledge about, you know, how people behave in circumstances and how there are cultural difference. And, well, yeah, how people are the same, you know, like women, you know, our bodies are the same, but still how we perceive things can be completely different just because what we've learned and what we believe. And that's really important, you know, if you work with a woman one-on-one to understand, you know, what's, well, what is what she needs. It may not be similar to what I need. And, well, it's not my birth, <laughs> simply enough. So that's really important aspect, I believe, to, you know, to get that to the surface and, you know, talk to a woman one-on-one, you know, what do you want? What's so important to you? How do you define being cared for, feeling loved? You know, being looked after properly by a midwife or a doctor. And I think that's really helpful for me to understand, you know, the cultural uh, perceptions that everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the clients you're seeing are, are then leading up to the birth, if, if you're teaching hypnobirthing, because, or you, and also that they've had a past trauma, or we're dealing with um, people that have had a previous uh, birth trauma and now, and now want to get you know, I guess, clear things out for the next impending birth or what are the types of clients that you see? Yeah, well, both. (laughs) Okay. It's uh, unfortunately, um, most of my moms uh, had the first traumatic birth, which always breaks my heart if you you hear their stories. It's, uh, yeah, it's not not good. (laughs) And um, because, well, like I'm talking about uh, today, I'm really open about, you know, what I've been through myself with my own PTSD and how that made me prepare differently for my own birth. Um, and that's you know, a lot of clients that come to me actually, yeah, yeah it makes sense, you know. It, it made me wonder of you know, what happened to me in my past. It makes sense to me now that I'm just, no, you know, I'm not looking forward to giving birth. I'm scared that someone comes up to me and touches me without my permission and how this going to affect me during birth. And it just, you know, it brings up a whole other conversation and makes women realize that, you know, this is what I what I fear. And, you know, if you're during birth, you know, there's not only so much you can do. And luckily, you know, with the help of your partner or a doula, there's so much more, you know, safety you can create for a woman during birth. And I think that's really helpful. But it needs to be said out loud. You need to talk about it. Because if you don't tell people how they need to treat you, 
they don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and a midwife, you know, they do an awesome job. But if you don't tell them what you need, they also just need to guess on what you need. Yeah, I mean, there must be a quite. <laughs> it must be quite a big difference. Um, you know, you and I both know that Dutch people are quite forthcoming and and say things. Um, <laughs> and and you know, like Australians, we're also from the British colony. We'd rather suffer in silence and not upset anyone by saying anything. Um, yeah. I mean, my mum alone <laughs> almost had a heart attack on a plane, and she just sat there thinking, "I'm dying, I'm dying," you know. And, and she didn't ask for help until the stewardesses came up oh. and offered her an oxygen mask. I mean, that's just so typical that we don't want to put anybody out. And I can imagine, you know, working, um, you know, in in the UK, that the experience that you would have imagined that people would would respond with might be different, just from a cultural um, perspective. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. I'm quite straightforward. It's also just because, you know, my family is really straightforward. Uh, compared to them, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I always have to laugh when people call me straightforward. Like, yeah, you've got no idea where I came from. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's just, you know, it's just the way I believe the world should work. You know, you don't need to be angry or mad or defensive. You can just say, you know, this doesn't work for me. I would prefer if you do it like this and, you know, we get the same result except for me being upset. Yeah. Yeah, no, people yeah. can't read your mind, that's for sure. And so um, would you be working with people through a birth plan or birth preferences or it's more just that they know where their boundaries are and they communicate it with their partner possibly or their midwife beforehand? I mean, where is this, uh, I guess, the practical side of things? Oh, what I do during my course, and I've got my local course, and I have then have an online hypnobirthing school where people can do a course, and it's uh, they yeah they get all the information they need, and they can get a, a birth preference sheet from me, and um, which you know they can just see you know what's the you know ideal hypnobirth, but they can adjust it according to their wishes, and if it's necessary, you know, I'm more than happy to sit down with someone and say you know what's important to you, what absolutely needs to be communicated. And, you know, based on what they then give me as feedback, you know, a birth plan can be adjusted according to the needs of uh, that specific woman. Yeah. But the most important part is, you know, a lot of women don't talk about what happened or don't want to talk about it, which, well, I can completely relate to. But in a point like this, you know, if something comes up during labor and you need to start explaining, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, it's... It's not the right time to do so. You need to be able to, you know, just to let go and focus on, on what your body is doing and what you need to do. And then having to, you know, get out of your concentration and have a conversation about what you may be feeling. You know, that work needs to be done prior. And you need to be able to trust either your midwife or your doctor or a doula or whoever you feel comfortable having there. They need to be able to, you know, to back you up to whatever it is you need. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure most of the time it's that the woman just wants to feel supported and and safe. Um, and, and specializing in birth trauma and, and post-traumatic stress uh, disorder and, and just body issues in general, why do you think there's such a need for women now these days? Well, what I noticed myself, because uh, I've been diagnosed with PTSD at the age of 17 myself, that has nothing to do with birth trauma but being abused as a child. Uh, I just noticed that... Um, you know, sometimes you share a story with someone and I, you know, I was talking to my husband about this, this just last week. I ran into that person a couple of years after and they thought I made it up. 
they thought, you know, you can't have a past like that. It's just, you know, it's too, why would that be? And, and I know this with a lot of people that they just don't share it just because they might, you know, upset the other person or, you know, they won't be, you know, they don't believe me. And I think just if women come to me, you know, especially with my background in you know, the Holocaust and genocide, and I've worked with a lot of uh, war victims and rape victims and, you know, there isn't much you can't tell me that will shock me. You know, and it's just, you know, for a woman, there's, you know, I am the safe place they can talk to and just share their story and just, you know, out all that negative energy that may be holding them back and just, you know, be open about it and just set themselves free of that negative energy. And I think that's just really important. And I hope, you know, if you have a midwife, uh, that they are open to it. But it, it's a difficult and it's a very delicate subject. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and how do people, is it just word of mouth? How do people find you to know that, oh, that's what she does, that's a safe space? I mean, I know there must be so much healing just in telling someone and letting it out and, and getting it off your, off your chest or off your shoulders, um, wherever, you know, however you say it. Um, but how do people actually know that that's what you do and is it through the course the hypnobirthing course or is it is there some other way uh, well i started doing the the, the podcast recently and in my uh, the bio on, on my website so I, I just tell about it to be honest right yeah you know, so it's, it's just media it's, and the word gets yeah it's just, this is who i am and this is what i do and if you, you know you want to work with me you you know you're more than happy to 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 join my team to, to say like that I um yeah and you know it's not necessary for for all women and that's absolutely fine and luckily it's not necessary for all women but i just want you know people to know that you know there are you know persons to help you and there are more people you know like me that you know are ready to help women in such a way like this yeah yeah you must be pretty uh i guess pretty strong yourself or, you know, have a lot of uh, crystals or things that you wear to not take it home because it's very confronting work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, uh, I must say, uh, I've had uh, a lot of practice uh, over the years because I tend to, uh, you know, take, take things in and I feel a lot of energy uh, and stories and, yeah, I can really relate to it when someone, you know, tells a story like that. Yeah. But for me, it's just, you know, make that and feel what they feel but then letting it go I, I don't shut myself off for it because I really think that's that's a gift just to feel what other people are feeling you know just be in that moment with someone and I don't want to close myself down with crystals or whatever uh, it is uh, that's out there yeah no it's more like a sort of a, a protection in a way that you don't yeah that it, it doesn't go inside I mean I, I don't use that but I know definitely as a young chiropractor I would I would stress about or oh, will that baby sleep through the night and will they be okay and it's very hard to disconnect mm-hmm. yourself from that's their thing and I've done my best and obviously that comes with uh, that comes with experience but in in the work that you do I mean it runs deep and it's raw and it's I'm sure yeah, I must some say, horrifying things you know yeah I must say that during my master's when I did the, the Holocaust uh, specialization. The, I must say that got to me if you're reading stories about, you know, 10,000 people killed a day. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a an, uh, an whole other degree of, uh, you know, pain and people's, uh, yeah, absolutely uh, yeah, horrendous atrocities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Exactly. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's just something I always can absolutely relate to, just of, of the dark side of humanity. And I really just want to work with with people and see, you know, yes, it's absolutely terrible that happened to you, but we can make this right. Yeah. And and is it that you saw someone and spoke to someone about your about your past leading up to your birth that that's where you thought, oh, it's possible uh, to change things and I'm not going to let that affect me? Or was it earlier or did you do it for yourself? I think for me it was mostly after my birth that I went through the whole process of realizing that um, things can be different because, you no, know, like I'm reestablished, I'm Dutch, I'm straightforward, you know, I just say what I want. And for example, for me, uh, having a female midwife was really difficult. But there weren't any male midwives on staff. <laughs> so you, know, you need to settle. Do you want to have a female midwife supporting you that can trigger your trauma? Or don't you want a midwife at all? Yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah. interesting because I don't think that many people will be saying, oh, I want to have a male midwife. It's, um, yeah, but for me, that, that's where, where, where the, the, the problem lies. I understand, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, that's why I say, you know, it, it depends on what a woman needs, you know, what I, I need for my birth that may be completely different from what you need or someone else that's listening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their birth isn't about me. Because I sometimes get the question of, from people say, "Yeah, but you are a big advocate for a home birth." I said, "No, so I don't give it. Anything. I don't give it them. Or someone gives birth, you know. If, if you're, you know, you want to have a home birth, but you stay an hour and a half from the nearest hospital, it's a different choice you have to make. If you you stay only five minutes away, and the the woman needs to feel that she is in a place that she feels right. And it's not about what I think. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely." And that's fascinating. People say, oh, so you must think a home birth. I said, no, <laughs> it's not about me. It's about what a woman wants and what she feels is right for her family. And whatever that is, I'll support her through it. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had feedback from midwives or doulas that know of their clients using your work? Or um, do they spread your work as well, the message? Um, well, I've been working with uh, with the local doula, and we, we team up a lot, and that's uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's really good. I've had mostly had my feedback from from moms who actually did the hypnobirthing, so that's uh, that's really great how they uh, just get back to me saying, you know, I was absolutely petrified of giving birth, and uh, yeah, I just rocked it, and I was done in three hours, you know. <laughs> yeah, amazing. It's absolutely fascinating how you know just you know you know owning your story and saying yes i am petrified yes i am absolutely in terror of doing this but i'm gonna step up and do this i will get the help i will get the support and i will work on you know the hypnobirthing techniques watch all positive videos or go like you know positive birth meeting in in your city from you know the positive birth movement whatever it, it is what they need as for me, it's, it's amazing to see those women just, you know, transfer their life. You know, just transform completely from, you know, I really know I'm completely in denial to, you know, I'm just going to do this, period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do the partners ever ever come along to a session or um, it's really a personal thing that the, the mother-to-be? Or- no, I, 
the way I teach it, it's it's in a you know, combination with the partner, just because, uh, especially if you're working with uh, child abuse victims or such, you know, it's very good to have an extra extra boundary outside, you know, your birthing body that your partner, you know, if the doctor comes in or midwife comes in, just say, you know, if you need something, talk to me first, so they can create that extra, you know, feeling of protection. Yeah, and so midwife doesn't come in and starts touching you because, yeah, she needs to do her job because you know she wants to keep you and the baby safe so that's absolutely great that you know they do that but you know for example for my birth i can't couldn't have anyone touch me without my permission first so every time they needed to check you know hannah's uh, heart rate they needed to ask me and in the uk it's every 15 minutes that the the, the, the protocols suggest they tested well, you can, you can imagine how often I needed them, you know, in my case, I would give a thumbs up if it was okay. Well, at one point, one of the midwives, you know, she asked, but then she did it immediately. So I actually had to stop her and say, you know, you're triggering my PTSD now. So you need to wait until I had time to process it and give you an answer. You can't just ask and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And well, what she did, she asked, listened, you know, gave me the time. And, you know, that was the moment done. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you need to be able to to address. And if you know, as a woman, you're too nervous to address that to your midwife. You need to have your partner, or maybe your mom, or a friend, or you know, whoever you feel comfortable with. You know, just speak up for you. Oh yeah, I mean, it can definitely influence the way the birth goes. And I think I feel completely blessed that I think I was only checked. Uh, I was only checked once in my first birth, and the second time, not at all. But that's the beauty of if um, you can birth in Holland and <laughs> and yeah, no, it's yeah. different because the story I hear from my cousin is is also that the the checks the protocols are just slightly different, but still you know the same as in UK you know they're all suggestions if you don't want it you can say no yeah yeah that's you don't point need to argue make, and, yeah. and yes they're absolutely the checks are you know if something happens with you and the baby you know they can pick up on things but if it keeps disturbing you and you're like yeah this isn't right for me just say no thank you ask again in an hour yeah <laughs> i think the you often hear that they do a check and it's so disheartening to know well i'm two centimeters you know so i think that was my major reason for not wanting to be checked is that i didn't want to hear yes. oh we haven't changed since last time or something like that yeah my midwife in late made a comment that i was only eight centimeters <laughs> and i was like oh I'm almost there. What do you mean only? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's my logic, of course. You know, uh, yeah, I completely disprove what she said and make it only I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you're, you know, insecure and, you know, you're not sure what's going on and you feel a bit awkward and, you know, your mythos tells you you're only eight centimeters, you may think, oh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I've been, uh, no, I should be doing something different. Maybe I should have been, you know, and if you get that in a whole train of thoughts and yeah, you're completely disrupting the, the birth process. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a different result for someone. Yeah. Who um who who's in the know versus someone who yeah like you said they've got to yeah, read, they've got to watch the language again <laughs> yeah and that's such an important part of hypnobirth and that you are aware of words and especially you know if you're working with an abuse victim you know if you know if you if someone has been you know raped in the past and you know the the, the rapist said you know just calm down oh just relax if if a, a woman during birth her so just relax. 
and that triggers that sensation from when she was being raped. Yeah. Yeah. If you're aware of that, that some words are triggers for you. Again, you know, it may completely be different versus, you know, what is trigger for me versus what the other woman is. You need to d- d- discuss that with, with your uh, uh, midwife. You know, you can't use those words. <laughs> no, you know? no. And, and do women find it hard to, to actually to do that, in, at least in Scotland? I mean, you know, we can talk about the ideal, but, I mean, is it, is it the people that actually do it? So far, I'm aware, most midwives in in the UK are just open to, you know, supporting the women any way they want. It's it's still a delicate balance between, you know, their job, their protocols and what they need to apply to. But if you you just speak up and say on your appointment, say, look, you know, I've uh, I've been raped, I've been abused, I've been molested, and that's worrying me. I know my midwife actually suggested, you know, if I needed ex- uh, additional help during uh, my pregnancy with therapy, she was more than happy to arrange it. Yeah. So, you know, that that's the response I got. So, you know, and if a midwife doesn't know exactly how to deal with it, it may be, you know, wise to, you know, switch it, you know, get another midwife, maybe, you know, the head of the department or... You know, it's, it's, it's no shame to, to find someone who can, can work with you. Because even in everyday life, you know, um, I always give the example of someone is up doing your kitchen and you don't like the work they're doing. You're not going to have them continue just because they are the experts. You know, you give them a firm handshake and say, I'm going to replace you. This is not working out. Yeah. So why not if, if during birth or during pregnancy, if you don't feel comfortable with someone, you know, find someone who can support you oh yeah if you get like, anything in, the, in in your in your gut saying this doesn't feel yeah. right there's definitely that's, that's there's definitely the time to move on if you're pregnant or about to you know about to let you know go yeah, into labor we don't have to fight really everyone yeah <laughs> and it's the same during your pregnancy or during birth you know if someone it was a story a mom told, told me and um a friend of her was in labor and uh, the midwife that came in had an American accent. And her ex-husband was American. And she said, I don't want you here. Oh, no. <laughs> and the, for her, that was just such a negative you know, reminder of the past. I don't want you here. And so she just called a different midwife. Oh, no. And it had nothing to do with, with, with that midwife. No, it's not personal. No, I get it. I get yeah, it wasn't personal. It was not because she did her ba- a, a, a bad job. It had nothing to do with her. It was just for that mom. That situation wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. So ideally, you know, you get a different midwife. But in some cases, you know, they don't always have the staff. But, you know, if you don't speak up, yeah. they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And that's crucial, I believe, if in getting what you want and getting the support you want. Absolutely. You know, clear that what is what it is what you need. How do you define love? How do you you know what for you means you being well cared for? Yeah. Well, I'd love you to share um, some quotes or affirmations that um, are important to you, especially relating to this work. Yeah, for me, it's. Um, Mostly that, you know, I've got, I've gotten really good uh, over the past uh, decade or so of reading between the lines. And, you know, there's, I just can see, you know, when people walk through my door that 
that the you know the role they play of being a wife or being a mother or being a child uh, and but the person they really are you know their soul their energy and i i just like you know to to, to pull that up and for, for me it's you know the, the quote that i mostly use, use uh, in my in my life is you know it's it's okay not to be okay you know if someone is treating you in a way you don't like it's okay to him to stand up and walk away and I think that's something I really had to learn over the past uh, decade or so. It's, you know, you don't have to sit and take it. Yeah. If you uh, can understand uh, oh, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to be okay with everything. And, and that's coming oh. back, back to that whole, like I said, this sort of almost this British, and I'm sure Americans are a bit like that too, is that we, you know, We'd rather put ourselves out before we put somebody else out. You know, it's just, I don't know, I don't know why we're taught that, but I mean, it, it's been crystal clear for me just living in Holland for 11 years, the difference in, in the culture in that sense, you know, and uh, we'll go round and round in circles before we actually get to the point because maybe getting to the point, we feel like we're going to hurt someone or it's too raw for them to deal with it. And, and in the end, we all suffer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's you know, like I said, I've been straightforward all my life. I I I've gotten more subtle at it, you know. I'm not more. I <laughs> I used to go just all in, and now I'm more trained with my words, and I can explain, you know, in a non-upsetting way to someone, you know, this is just not working for me. Or just no hard feeling. Yeah, happy medium. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, in my teens, I would be a little bit less uh, subtle. <laughs> <laughs> So when things aren't right at a restaurant and they say, so how's the meal going? You say, actually, not great. <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, yeah. I always ask, you know, when people ask me a question and I sometimes just ask them, do you want a real answer? Yeah. Or just, do you want me to confirm what you're, what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. Because no, I will give you the real answer, you know. You know, if a friend comes to me and asks me, how does this coat look on me? If I don't like it, I will tell you. Yeah. No, you know, if, if you don't want my opinion, don't ask. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's very um, yeah, it's it's uh, authentic, isn't it? So, um, you know, this community that we've built with Mums the Word, and I know you're also a, um, a listener. I really yes. try to make sure that people aren't there on their own, struggling through through things, and particularly motherhood, because we know it can be challenging. And um, well, I just, as you know, I asked the guests to share a time. Um, that they struggled or whether it was personally or professionally so that we can learn, you know, what did you learn and, and what was the result so that um, hopefully we don't uh, have to reinvent the wheel and suffer through the same struggle ourselves. Yeah, I think for me personally, it was, you know, after I left my uh, my elder house with my parents, you know, for me that was, you know, I went to university, but my PTSD came in full blown to, you know, to the point that I would sleep, you know, hour, two hours every night. And yeah, that was a, to say at least a dark time of my life, just to be able to you know keep studying, keep you know well basically myself alive, and nurturing myself. And I think that was most important thing I learned over that time is you know I did go to therapy because you know how I see it, you know just because something happened to me in the past, I don't think it needs to hold me back in my future. Um, however, the first two therapists that I had. It just didn't do it for me. And I never realized until, you know, a couple of years ago 
then, you know, even if you go into therapy, if that person isn't right for you, you can just go out and find another therapist who can do the work for you that you need. So my, actually my third therapist, he made such a difference for me, just enabled, you know, to, he gave me tools, you know, I could use just in everyday life and how I communicated if, you know, my PTSD came up, because for me, it's like a stress buildup. That, yeah, just tension and tension. And then at some point, it just feels like, I, you know, my brain just blows up. And then just you just feel like you lose it. And he would, you know, teach me, you know, how to, uh, yeah, to see where it actually starts. So what is my trigger? And I can just, you know, when the person that triggers it, just say, you know, I feel like this is coming up. Can you give me a second? And, you know, uh, everyone around me just know, they just stop for a second. We just stand still. I can just feel what I'm feeling and the moment goes away and I don't go into that full-blown you know, panic attack or whatever it is what I'm feeling. And I think that for me is most important. If, if women went to therapy for you know, abuse or whatever happened to them and they still feel like, hmm, no, it, maybe it's, it is still affecting me. Maybe I'm reacting to my husband or to my children in a way that don't, doesn't necessarily feel right for me. Find another therapist. You know, you grown as a person, situation changed, you know, get new tools in, in the toolbox, you know? And I think that's, for, for me, that was, you know, a revelation that, you know, re- just realizing that, you know, go back into therapy again. You know, if, if someone, you know, you don't like them, get someone else to help you. Yeah, yeah. And that was a process that took me like eight years to to realize that. I mean, thank God there's less taboo these days with seeking help, really. Because I think, um, you know, in the world of coaches and, well, you know, counselors, I mean, it's it's just a lot more possible these days than I think it ever was, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, Absolutely. What drives you and gets you up in the morning to do what you do? For me, the most important is, you know, uh, I've been diagnosed with the PTSD when I was 17. And if you look at the statistics, I believe the, the, the last research I saw was about 6% of the women w- walk away after birth with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And just from a local hospital, you're talking about like 300 women a, a year. And for me, those numbers are absolutely shocking. That, you know, healthy women like you and me can just walk off. And, uh, and especially, you know, with the newborn in the mix. I can't imagine having to do my PTSD as it was, you know, when I was 16, 17, 18, and having a child. To be honest, I don't know how I would have done that. And that's really what drives me, just to make sure that, you know, women get the support and they get the, the help they want to avoid those extreme circumstances. Yes, a birth may not go the way you you hope to go or you want it to be but you just still feel like you did the best you could and that's okay yeah it's a pretty big mission that you have and it's a wonderful one you know like you say to 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 be a mum anyway is is challenging and you know for some people like yourself to be an expat mum away from family and help is challenging if you have a sick child and it's if you're you know give birth to a premature baby and they're in the hospital and you're at home and you can't touch them or feed them. I mean, there's so many challenges in becoming a mother. And if, you know, and if, if someone decided to do an episiotomy and cut you without you even having a chance to say, or, or do a check on you, or, you know, said something that triggered in the birth that 
it really, you know, like, oh, it's only eight centimeters or something, you know, like, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, it's disempowering. And um, Absolutely. it's, uh, yeah, to think that people have to deal with that. Yeah, you're right. It, it's, 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 I think that's why birth education is so important. Just, you know, so you have those tools in, to prepare for your birth. And if that means, you know, you decide to hire a midwife, uh, you know, like a private midwife or a doula to help you out with you and your uh, husband. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really important that you prepare. Uh, I, I rather spend uh, all the money I have on birth preparation and I would get a, a fancy uh, bed or a, a baby room or something. Yeah, it's so far reaching. Yeah? It's so, yeah, yeah, impactful. So if you could go back um, to... I guess to your younger self or or your pregnant self, what would you share now or would want to share with new mums that you know that I guess your experience has taught you? Well, I think most important for me is to know if someone is treating you in a way you don't like it, it's okay to walk away. Because I had one midwife during my birth, ever during my pregnancy, I should say, and she uh, she had quite a broad accent, and I do speak English very well, I believe, but I couldn't quite understand what she was saying. <laughs> well, the Scottish accent, I have to say, is not the easiest accent. So That's I mean, true, for, but my husband is Scottish, yeah. uh-huh. and he didn't understand what she was saying too. So at some point I say, you know, English is my second language. You know, could you please repeat what you're saying? And she, she just stopped talking and looked at my husband to do so. I just could not understand that what that woman was saying. <laughs> and for me, that was so shocking that, you know, you're already abroad. You're already in a situation where things are all unfamiliar. They're all slightly bit different than in the Netherlands. And then you're talking to your midwife who's supposed to be there and your support. And you can't communicate with her. Oh, I also changed my midwife first, first pregnancy. Yeah, I, I never saw that. 30, 30 weeks, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it was even 32 weeks, and I asked her about the baby's position. Now, I, as a chiropractor, know that she should know this by a certain point. And she was like, mm. oh, I think. And I was, I was like, if you're not sure, like, this is not giving me confidence, you know. And then after that, I just I, I, I lost confidence and, uh, and had to find someone with more expertise that reassured me. I mean, if they're going to be in your birth with you and you have no confidence... It's not a good. It's not a good place no, to be. For me, that was really important, and also for my own husband. You know, he needed to give me the belief that I could do it. Because I, I told him, you know, if you don't believe in me, how am I supposed to do it? You know, because it's not safe for me or the baby if I don't believe I can do this. And whether that's an all-natural birth or you know a C-section birth, you know, as long as you you know keep yourself safe. And get the support that is right for you, and your husband or uh, your partner, you know, just backs you up. I think you can achieve so much more just be being in a confident place. And yeah, that midwife I've never saw her again. It's uh, <laughs> but the the other, the other members of the team they were absolutely absolutely uh, fabulous. I mean, they must have tough skin, and I think any any therapist or a healthcare provider you know they have to know that it's not them personally and it's just not a click you know it's uh you know no, a lot like of said, midwives that have their clients sort of almost in inverted commas reject them early on or you know you have so many people in this world you, you don't have to like everyone <laughs> yeah 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 so what was the best advice that, the best advice that you ever received 
That was a good one. <laughs> I think um, it was a, a friend of mine uh, a long, long time ago. He was actually starting to be a, a GP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was talking about him, about my PTSD, and, you know, if there's things I could do. And he actually said to me that, you know, you need to keep going. Just because this type of doctor advises this or this type of, you know, exercise. Or if you still feel like, hmm, this isn't it, it's okay to keep looking. Just, just find something that does work. It's just because, you know, option A doesn't work. It doesn't mean you have to accept it. And I think, especially in that time, it was quite inspiring from him uh, to, to tell me that, just to you know, say, you know, this doesn't work. Well, we'll try something else. Yeah, yeah, he made it. He made it okay. Yeah, yeah, and especially because of his background, it was quite nice to hear, you know, and a doctor to be uh, to, to to point it out at, at me. You know, not all solutions fit everyone. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means you need something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love for you to share some of the uh, invaluable resources that have helped you along your way, whether in your own journey to become a mum or or in the work that you do. I think the, the absolutely number one favorite of mine is the the book from uh, Penny Simpkins, When Survivors Give Birth, and whether you're um, a, a woman that's about to give birth or a young practitioner or midwife, I think that's such a valuable resource in understanding you know, what, what can triggers be, what do women need and how you can work with that. So if any woman that walks through my door, I always tell them, read this, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me, that's that's the number one. And are there any others? Um. Well, for for husbands, uh, I, I really like Mark Harris' book. He uh, specifically targets uh, the male uh, population, how their misses uh, you know, to help them to prepare for birth. I just really like the way he writes it, uh, and yeah, he gives them small exercises to do, you know, uh, with their uh, lady to make sure you know they they bond up in in a pregnancy already. So if uh, yeah, if uh, a husband may be listening in, that's a really uh, fun one to read too. And what's the book called? Oh, <laughs> I was afraid you might ask that. I think it's Love, Men and something. I, I can't come up with the name right now. Okay, and what's his, what's his name, Mark Howard? Mark Harris. It's, uh, it's a, a male midwife here in the UK. How do you spell his last name? Harris. Uh, H-A-R-R-E-S. Okay. Uh, ah, yes, Adulia. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. For the listeners out there, E is I, and uh, luckily, yeah, I luckily I speak Dutch, so this is okay. Yes, sir. I completely knew what you meant, so it's... So, no. I hope everyone else too. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. So, um, I'd love you to share how people can best get in touch with you and, and also, yeah, really find out the about the important services that you offer, Susanna. Well, if they stay in, uh, in in Scotland, they're more than happy to, to join my local classes. But I have also, like I said before, an, an online website, which is actually called suzannegrant.teachable.com. And I have uh, a hypnobirthing course on there. And I'm starting an uh, intense program. It's a six-week program, which I'm taking on uh, only 10 women, which we starting the 1st of August. And I'm also uh, starting with a healing after birth workshop 
which we're starting with the, the 1st of September, which is also an intense program. And the last one is then for women how to, and they will learn how to heal from a negative birth experience. So if they want to work with me, the place to be is shishanagrant.teachable.com. And you know, in the email, uh, they will find more information of uh, all the Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm all, almost everywhere on my social media. So it, I shouldn't be that hard to find. <laughs> no, and of course, um, as you said, I will put it in the show notes and uh, send it out to all the, the newsletter subscribers as I do every week um, so that you receive the, the show notes direct to your direct to your inbox anyway. So uh, um, it's not an easy um, it's not an easy topic to discuss and um, I do thank you for well one for reaching out to me but also really for doing the work that you do because it's super challenging and um, you know I don't I don't think I I don't think I'd be tough enough to do it and I, I don't know whether it's just uh, like you said the the experience of studying genocide or just that you're the yeah yeah, you have a strong, yeah, strong, a strong coping mechanism. Um, I think it's a combination of all of the above. But I really love, you know, being able to help other women like this. It, re- it really, you know, gets me up in the morning. And I'm really happy I uh, decided to uh, make this my career. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for, for reaching out. No problem. Okay, take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.